Welcome, everyone, to Authors on the Air. I'm your host, Pam Stack. We're proud to be part of the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. My guest today is Dr. D.P. Lyle, who is also an Amazon number one bestselling author. He's won the McCavity and the Benjamin Franklin Silver Award, the Edgar Twice, the Seamus, the Agatha, the Anthony Scribe, USA Today Best Book, and Forward Indies Book of the Year. Besides having a medical practice, doing a radio show, uh, writing books, and doing classes, and probably other stuff. Um, his, his bio is way too long for me to read to tell you about each and every book he's written, but the new one, Skin in the Game, is one of the most fun books I've read all year. It is my pleasure to welcome D.P. Lyle to the show. Hi, Doug. Welcome. Hey, Pam. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to have you. You know, I when I was delving into your bio again, and you're constantly updating your page, which I love, um, I had forgotten that you um, worked with many of the novelists and the writers for a lot of popular television shows, um, kind of as, as an advisor. So you did Law & Order, CSI Miami, Diagnosis Murder, Monk, Judging Amy, Peacemakers, Cold Case, House, Medium, Women's Murder Club, and 1-800-THE-MISSING, among others, right? And um, are yep. you offering them your, ex- your expertise as both a thriller novelist or and as a physician? Well, actually, it turns out to be a little bit of both because, uh, you know, they, they're writing screenplays, and that's a form of storytelling, of course. And right. they have a story in mind, and then they need some medical or forensic science um, uh, issues ha- come up in it, and they need the, the facts and how it works and is it real. But because I also have a background in storytelling, uh, and most of them say this, you know, that we really appreciate your take on all this stuff, that it's not just dry medical scientific facts, that it's the dramatic stuff that in that arena that will help push the story forward. So I think mm-hmm. it's a unique combination. And, uh, you know, I always think in terms of story, you know, it's, uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, we, we Nan and I were in the Costco yesterday, and as we're leaving, this guy's got this big cart. He's pushing out a bunch of uh, boxes of luggage. Now, most people uh-huh. would think, you know, you find like 20 pieces of luggage. Most people think, well, his whole family's going on a cruise. No, I'm starting to think he's got lots of body parts to get rid of. <laughs> Only you. <laughs> you <know? laughs> I, don't, I don't want to walk around with you, Doug. <laughs> Seeing you at all the conferences is one thing, but. I don't want to go to a store with you. <laughs> no, ask, ask any of the writers out there that they 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 think the same way. It's like, oh, wow, sure you know, what do. would happen? You know, it's of course. <laughs> it is kind of a weird thing when you think about it. When you put it like that, I started to do take you... a, I started to take a picture of it and call the FBI, but I decided not to anyway. <laughs> I'm sure somewhere in one of your future books, I'm going to see something like that when I'm when I'm reading one of sure. your future stories. It'll show up there. Before we talk about all the other things you do, I want to, want to talk about Skin in the Game. First of all, I yeah. love the cover. The cover is absolutely fantastic. One of the best I've seen in a long time. And cool. um, uh, uh, yeah, it's it's a great cover. Let's talk Shannon about. Shannon Rob did it, and she did a great job. She yeah. does a great job, doesn't she? Yeah, oh, they're yeah. they're a, a yes. wonderful group to work with. Let's talk yes. about Bobby McCain and Harper McCoy. Two, um, I don't even know. You call them kind of itinerant gypsy, kind of sort of siblings, right. even though they're not. Exactly. Um, 
what is their backstory, first of all? Well, well, basically, Bobby was abandoned in a Houston bus station at about two months and was picked up by this family. Harper, who is a year older, around the same time was purchased, or she was a little over one year old, from her alcoholic half-Cherokee mother for a couple of bottles of whiskey and a couple hundred bucks. And so basically they came to this family of about 60 people that travel around the South and put on shows and do odd jobs. And, oh, well, by the way, they run scams and they're thieves and all this stuff. Now, they're not Roma gypsies. They're not like that, but they're what, what we call growing up in the South, Irish travelers. <laughs> you know? Right. But they move right. on and they move through and they don't have roots and they, they were raised by this family. Well, Bobby became an expert with knives at a very young age and by age seven was known as Bobby Blade because he could throw knives with either hand and hit dimes and Harper ended up holding all the things that he would throw at and uh, he became the centerpiece of the show. Harper learned how to scam people and pick your pocket. She could pick your pocket looking you in the face. Well, at age 13 and 12 respectively, the family was taken down by the FBI because they had warrants in a half a dozen states they get sent to an orphanage. They get adopted by different parents. They never see each other again for 15 years. Bobby ends up in the military being a, basically a stealth assassin for the special ops, black ops groups. Harper mm -hmm. ends up going to the Navy, intelligence, CIA, and runs them. They end up crossing paths in Afghanistan 15 years later. And there's that great whole story, story, obviously, in Skin in the Game. Yeah. That so they is have a great gypsy backstory. family skills, and they have military skills, and that's what makes them who they are. So what happens they, – they, they have kind of this you know, company, kind of, sort of, and um, right. they get hired by a general to track down a missing right. granddaughter. Is, that's the basic gist of what the story begins, their, their actual exactly. – begins you know you and i were talking in the green room about uh, something you saw in a grocery store and how from that sprung an idea for a book what where did this idea come from for skin in the game well uh that idea was pretty straightforward i mean someone hiring someone to find a missing person i mean that's kind of uh standard fodder but these two characters came from not. my childhood i remember that i remember the gypsies the real gypsies rolling through the south and in, in horse-drawn wagons in the 50s i mean i'm old and i remember all this stuff and i, I remember my dad I said who are those people and he said well they're gypsies and they're just traveling from town to town and it just fascinated me like how do you do that what do you do hmm. how do you how do you do anything and, and yet that's what they did and every couple of years they would reappear and they would set up at the fairground and put on shows and stuff, and then they'd disappear after a week. And we wouldn't see them again for two, three, four years, and then appear again. Um, it, it, that, that whole culture fascinated me. And I always said, someday I'm going to create a character that – and these two characters just kind of evolved over the last couple of years in my brain. And I said, okay, this is what I want them to be. This is, this is what I want their background to be. And bang. Um uh, so, you know, I grew up in Miami, which even though it's geographically south, it's not the south, as you well know. No. It, it, does, it doesn't become the south until you get around Gainesville in northwest, you know, north central Florida. Exactly. But, but um, are, are carnies and those traveling carnivals, are those gypsies? Yeah. No, some, well, I guess some of them could be, but I think they're probably a different animal. But, yeah, the, 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 
the carnies that travel the circuit that go mm-hmm. from show to show and circus to circus. Uh, you know, that's a, just like the gypsies. That's another dwindling, dwindling group. Right. Because circuses are dying, you know, and, and, and it's sure. hard to live off the land now. It's hard to, to move around and scam people, you know, that way. Uh, but, you know, the gypsies Donna. still live. I know that I know up here in L.A. they had a big war and one of them shot another one about 10 years ago. And it's because some fortune teller moved into another person's territory. I mean, it's kind of like gangs. Jeez. You know, this is my area. Wow. You go tell fortunes across the street, but you can't on this side of the street. Yeah. And it right, was a big right. shooting in downtown L.A. <laughs> oh, my gosh. How weird is that? Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That is is very strange. Yeah. Now you also are a very prolific writer. You've, you've been, you write a couple books a year and I know you're a year ahead of schedule for book releases, um, which just always blows me away that, that you do that. Um, I have, I think I have probably, I don't know, your past, five years of books maybe <laughs> I have to, I would have to yeah. actually go digging through my shelves you're you're you have your own section on my in my bookcases but um <laughs> bless you <laughs> <laughs> you still practice medicine although part-time but you put a lot of time right. into that you write you also teach classes so I want to talk to you about the classes that you teach I'm surmising that those classes are a little bit about what you did when you consult on film and television? Well, there are a little bit of everything that have to do with uh, fiction writing and storytelling and medicine science and forensic science. So it depends upon the group and and the, really the title of the lecture I'm giving. Often I will do things like plotting the perfect murder or that I will do a thing on the things that get people get wrong in medical and forensic science or I will talk about voice or character our, our plot and, uh, you know, the, the nuts and bolts of storytelling. Uh, so I do all of that because, uh, you know, and that's what I do on my podcast, as you know, Criminal Mystery. Right. It's a right. subtitle, The Art and Science of Crime Fiction. And so I talk about writing and I talk about the science of crime. And so because both of those things interest me. And, well, uh, it's I one of the most fast. It's one of the most fascinating podcasts in this network. And I love listening to them. Once you get them bloated on and you, you tag me. I'm the first one to go and listen to them every time because it's so <laughs> fascinating. Like when you were, what was it you you did an autopsy on the Terminator or something like that? It was a really yeah, fun yeah, interview. Yeah. But your first, yeah. uh, and I have to tell anybody listening, you have got to go to SoundCloud.com forward slash Authors on the Air and you look for the playlist for Criminal Mischief. The very first show you did, you did. 15 minutes on the way people can die, how to kill people or how they die. It was fascinating. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, How to kill people. It was fascinating to me. Who would have thunk that there were that many ways to kill someone? I mean, you know, Oh, it's yeah. And there's a million more. Uh, uh, And, you know, killers come up with these things and storytellers need to come up with these things. So, you know, (laughs) so what is the most unusual type of homicide. Oh Lord, there's so many. You know, there's been people strapped to railroad tracks, and there's been you know people burned in uh, barrels, and uh, you know whatever mm. people can do, they can do. There's been people thrown into rivers with piranhas and fed to sharks, and but there was a guy out here named Skylar DeLeon down here in Orange County, which is you know a golden place to live, unless people like sure. Skylar are around. 
to make a long story short, he took this family out on their boat under the guise he wanted to buy their boat, but he ended up overpowering them, uh, taping them together, tying them to an anchor, and throwing them out here in Newport Bay alive. Mm. Oh, my God. And, uh, yeah, and they were never found. And uh, it was truly one of the most despicable acts I've ever heard of in my life. And he, of course, now has confessed to it and very smugly, with a smile on his face, told the prosecutors what he did. You know, why where did, did he these do people that? come from? Yeah, why did he, he wanted the boat? That, do you think? But I well, mean, he why forced did he them confess? to sign a bunch of papers. He forced them to sign a bunch of papers so he could get into their bank accounts, and he was going to steal the boat and all their money. I mean, it's like he's an idiot because this is never going to work. You're not going to walk into somebody's bank and take three hundred thousand dollars out. It's not going to happen. Well, somebody's going to ask the question, but he, in his mind, all he's got to do is get these papers signed, and it's all good. You know, didn't work. No, no one says that criminals are rocket scientists. So we have to just first no, agree no. there that that most of them, obviously, by how full the prisons are with murderers and scammers and everything else, um, you know, they're not geniuses. But I, what exactly. I don't understand is doing the deed and then confessing to it. Is that is that like some kind of psychological kink in that person? Oh, sure. That's sociopathic. I mean, they don't have remorse. They don't have empathy. Uh, someone like Skyler, they don't care about other people. To him, it's just, hey, okay, what? Yeah, I don't understand. I don't understand why everybody's upset. Why wouldn't I do this? That kind of attitude. And trust me, they're not. This is what goes through the serial killer world, and it goes through a lot of criminal world. Is that people just don't care. Yeah, you know, I was a victim of a victim of a violent crime, and uh, the perpetrator who tried to murder me was very nonplussed by the whole thing, and just uh, yeah. told the told the prosecutors that I wasn't a nice person. <laughs> so mm-hmm. That's why he tried to murder me. Well, well, <laughs> you know, I think the, just... the simplest way to put it was put together by the Green Villa, Green River Killer Gary Ridgway after right. he was caught and confessed and all that and he's sitting there and they said gary i don't understand what's wrong with you what's different about what what do you have that that the rest of us don't have or what are you missing that the rest of us do have and gary looked at him says i guess it's that caring thing and it's like really that summed it up right there wow right there wow that caring thing (laughs) so it's just it's just bizarre to me um i want to kind of shift the conversation for a little bit you have been a member of uh international thriller writers for since you've been writing i guess um since it's been around since the beginning of the organization since yeah. the very beginning and your title has changed but you are always front and center uh in being on panels and coordinating different things what is your role this year at going into next year's thriller fest what what position do you hold now None. <laughs> You're kidding after, me. After 14 years of running Craft Fest and then running Master Class and then running the right. online thriller school and being vice president the last few years on the board of uh, education, I have turned all that over to my dear friend Kathy Antrim. And I am off the board and I'm not running any of the educational programs literally for the first time in a decade and a half. And it. So uh, when- Feels pretty good. When actually. I see you <laughs> next year, you're not going to be on anything but a panel, then. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Good if Lord. I go, I, uh, <laughs> if you go, 
That's interesting. Yeah. Interesting. It may be time to um, skip a year. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe. Well, and you also have Botrycon in Sacto next year, so will you be going there? Exactly. Yes. Oh, yeah. And then Left Coast yeah. is coming up in March down here in San Diego. Yeah. Oh, that'll be nice for you. Let's talk about your um, – I want to find out where your writing bug came from, Doug. I know that as a, as a student, you obviously took tons and tons. You had to be writing and taking notes and all. Very different going to college then than it is now. Uh, and so – but where did your love of writing crime fiction come from? Oh, reading. There's no question about that. Uh I started reading novels uh, with Jules Verne when I was 13, 14 years old, and I just fell wow. in love with it. And, uh, you know, he, Journey to the Center of the Earth is a book of, of more than anything else that hooked me on reading. And then I grew up in the South where you have to tell a story or they won't feed you, you know, and everybody right. in the South can tell a story. And yes. so, you know, otherwise they put you behind the barn and let you wither. But um, uh, so I always could spin a yarn, but writing a yarn is a different story. But I guess a little over 20 years ago, I always told myself that when I retire, I'd write these stories that were in my head, stories that I thought should be told. And then I decided, well, I'm, I have no plans to retire like maybe forever. So if not now, when? So I took classes at University of California, Irvine, which had a great writing school. Then I took a couple of night classes, started writing, joined a couple of groups. And the rest is history, you know, and now I can't imagine not writing, you know. It, it's interesting to me that you like Jules Verne, as I do, because I love fantasy, mm-hmm. supernatural, you know, things like that. But yet you write crime fiction. That's why because not? Because I don't read why fantasy not? and supernatural anymore. Yeah. You don't, really. I do. No. It's becoming ever no. more popular. I, I mean, I love thrillers. That's my yeah. first. Mysteries and thrillers yeah. Yeah. are my first love. But um, But I do like science fiction, certain kinds, not space opera mm-hmm. or anything like that, but, but, um, interesting, interesting, interesting. Um, you told me that your next book is already out in arc form. Tell us about the next book. Well, the next book is a Jake book, Jake Longley. Mm-hmm. So Jake it's a Longley, comedic right. thriller and it's, it's called right. rigged and it's coming in May. And then just yesterday I sent the next, uh, Kane and Harper book. Uh, after Skin in the Game, it's called Prior, Prior Bad Acts, and it's for next October. I finished it, and I'm working on the next uh, Jake book, which will be for a year from May, and it's actually right now called The O.C. because it's going to take place here in Orange County. I'm going to have the crew leave the South and come out here and get involved in some shenanigans just for a change of pace and a change of locale for that for that character. So I try to write I have these two series going. One's very dark, right. very thriller, and one's very light and very comedic. And I try to go backwards and forth, and every six months produce one. I tell you, that's a lot. You have a lot on your plate, and I think that's why you <laughs> stay young, right? Keeping busy. It's, a, oh, it's sure. a lesson for us all. If you if you stop doing the things you love, then um, I think that leads to a bad road. Um, Doug, tell everyone where they can find you on, on the web and also what they can find on your website because it is probably the most complete compendium of all things Doug Lyle <laughs> that I've ever seen of any author. So would you share? <laughs> well, it's uh, dplylemd.com, so D-P-L-Y-L-E-M-D.com, and if you go there, you can find out all about my books and all about me. You can also – uh, order all the books and read uh, about them and the, all that. You can uh, 
find the uh, links to all of my podcast series uh, of Criminal Mischief. Uh, you can also find links to Crime and Science Radio that Jan Burke and I did for three and a half years. There's 70 shows there. Uh, wow. You can look at some articles. You can connect to my blog. You know, um, you have a list of reference sites for people. So, I mean, there's a lot of stuff you can go to. If you just go to the website and wander around, I think you'll stumble into some fun stuff. There is a lot of stuff. There's a lot of things happening and a lot of uh, it's a really great, easy to maneuver uh, web page, which I love. Um, Doug, I want to thank you so much for being with me today. Um, folks, this is DP Lyle. The new book is called Skin in the Game. game. Right. And please go and check it out. It's available in bookstores and online everywhere. And when you have a moment, go and check out DP Lyle's podcast in this network. It is called Criminal Mischief, the Art and Science. The Art and Science of Crime Fiction. And it's fantastic. You will be stunned at how enjoyable and entertaining the podcast is. It's just a lot of fun. I thank you so much for being with me, especially thank in the you. middle of your of your patient day. I promise <laughs> I won't do that again. But will you come back sometime? Absolutely. Anytime. Okay. You know that, Pam. <laughs> I know. I, I love talking to you. Thank you so much for being with me, Doug Lyle. And happy holidays to you. You too. Thanks. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. And folks, thanks for being with me today. I so appreciate it. I wish you all a happy Thanksgiving. And thank you, Mom and Dad. I'll see you later. Mm-hmm.